Welcome to Bewitching Your Day. Hey guys, Mary Meet, and welcome to episode 29 of Bewitching Your Day. And today I'm going to be talking about hibiscus. <laughs> hibiscus kind of, you know how these things happen, where things just start showing up in your life. Um, I was at a party a few weeks ago, and I have a friend who doesn't drink, so he brought some hibiscus tea. And so I, you know, grabbed a little bit of it, and it was so good. And he was drinking it unsweetened, and I was like, it was so refreshing, and it had like that little bit of sourness and everything. It was really great. So I went and immediately bought myself some hibiscus tea. Um, I'm drinking hibiscus ginger tea, actually. So it's just kind of one of those things that kind of made its way into my consciousness that I've been drinking a lot lately. And so I, you know, I thought may as well make an episode about it. So I did a little bit of research. Hibiscus is, it's a beautiful, beautiful flower. I don't know if you've seen one. Um, definitely, you know, Google some images. It's a gorgeous flower. It is the national flower of Haiti, South Korea, Malaysia, and it's the state flower of Hawaii. That's because it kind of grows in warm, temperate, or subtropical or tropical climates. So really, a lot of uh, countries that fall into that range, they use hibiscus a lot. It can be used cosmetically. It can be used. A lot of places have a tea that they make from it. And actually, the tea is made in West Africa, Persia, Mexico, Honduras, India, Jamaica, and the rest of the Caribbean, uh, Cambodia, and Egypt. So it's really used in a widespread way. And it's delicious. It's actually one of the main components of red zinger tea, if you've ever had that by Celestial Seasonings. It's, it's delicious, and it's usually bright red. It comes in various colors, but the one that we know of mostly comes in a bright red color. It makes the tea bright red. And actually, the flowers are even edible. So it's used uh, as kind of like a souring agent in a lot of cuisines. I did find that it's sacred to Kali, and it's used as offerings to Kali and Ganesh. And if you live in a place where it will grow, it will attract butterflies, bees, and hummingbirds. So that's kind of cool. Now, as far as magical properties, look at the flower. The flower is big and red and beautiful and bold. So obviously, uh, love and lust fall into that. That's one of the main themes that I'm seeing in all the, the research that I've been doing. And in Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, Scott Cunningham says that, let's see, he gives some folk names, Karkady, uh, Groxa, Gumamala, Shoeflower, and Tulipan. And actually, I know in Jamaica, they also call it Sorrel. I used to work in a home brewing store, and there was a Jamaican man that came in, and he would actually make wine from the blossoms. It was a medicinal wine. The gender is feminine. Uh, the associated planet is Venus. The element is water. And the powers are lust, love, and divination. The flowers of a red hibiscus are brewed into a strong red tea, which is drunk for its lust-inducing powers. This drink is forbidden to women in Egypt for this very reason. Maybe that's why I drank that tea and had to have more of it. I don't know. The blossoms have also been used in uh, love incenses and uh, sachets. They are placed in wreaths and marriage ceremonies in the tropics. Sorcerers in Dobu in the Western Pacific divine in a wooden bowl of water into which are placed a few hibiscus flowers. So that's kind of where that divination angle comes in, I guess. In Incense Magic, Carl Neal has it just in the aromatic chart in the back of the book. 
And he just confirms. He, he says it is associated with water and spring. And that the powers are those of love, lust, and divination. So it's just a confirmation of what I found in Cunningham. And actually, there's a little bit more information in Llewellyn's complete book of correspondences. Now this is associated with Taurus, which is also in the spring, which the, you know, kind of confirms the other two. Um, it says it's also associated with Venus, but it, it actually associates hibiscus with fire and water. And that kind of makes sense. When you're talking about love and lust, those are both kind of fire, water areas, depending on the kind of love that you're looking for. It's actually mentioning here that it's associated with Ganesh. It says that it's associated with clairvoyance, concentration, focus, uh, consecration, blessing, determination, divination, energy, sexual energy, freedom and sexual freedom, harmony, love, attracting, lust, obstacles, passion, peace, power, psychic ability, sensitivity, sensuality, sex and sexuality, unity and warmth. So that's kind of powerful. And, you know, if, if again, if you make hibiscus tea, it's got this really red color to it. And it's very vibrant when you taste it. It's, it's delicious and it is a little bit sour. So, you know, check that out. Maybe go to your local farmer's market and uh, see if you can find some Jamaican hibiscus tea. And it may also be called sorrel because they call it sorrel, which shouldn't be confused with English sorrel. Brew some up and tell me what you think. Feed some to your partner. Uh, see if it, you know, livens them up any. Use it in love spells, lust spells. And I'm really curious about that divination. I want to know if anyone's tried that. I'm going to give some to Bear tonight. So that's it. Hope you guys are having a great day and blessed be. Bye-bye. Check out my blog at amyravenson.com. You can also find me on Twitter under Amy Ravenson. You can find me on Facebook under amy.ravenson or email me directly at amyravenson at gmail.com. Blessed be.